All right, this is Brent Leary, and I'm speaking with Lawrence Cole today. And Lawrence is the head of mid-market U.S. West for Google. Lawrence, thank you for taking some time for me today. Thanks for having me, Brent. So before we start talking about uh, some of the things that you discussed at a conference that I saw you speak at, which I thought was great, uh, around kind of making sure uh, people can get the attention in the right time frame and convert attention into opportunity, uh, maybe you can give us a little of your personal background. Sure. So um, my background is I, I actually got my start um, working as an engineer quite some time ago. Um, I was a software engineer for Earthlink at the start of my career, back when they were, I guess you could say, cresting in, in their trajectory some years ago. Um, I spent a lot of time in the logistics industry, um, working across the book, several different departments and functions, but I also always spent a great deal of my time actually in the small business space. You know, starting small companies, working for small companies, um, and so I spent a, a great deal of time, I guess, developing an understanding for what smaller companies go through, um, and even some of the initial digital marketing skills that I'm now able to, you know, apply in leading teams um, at a large tech company. They really began with me being a person who either for my own or someone else's small businesses, figuring out things such as, you know, search engine optimization, email marketing, digital marketing, um, even before we had, you know, social media and, and like Google AdWords and these sorts of platforms. So, you know, I've had kind of a mix of um, large company engagement and small company engagement. And even now, um, a lot of the teams that I lead deal primarily with small companies um, and startups, and sometimes major concerns to begin as startups and small companies, and now they scale into half a billion or a couple of billion dollars in revenue, but they still have that, um, uh, a recent part of their history, right, was, was understanding and figuring out how to enter market, scale, and then build a brand around uh, their experience and their offerings to customers. So how has search engine optimization changed over the last couple of years or so? And and is it as important or is it more important today than it was a couple of years ago? Well, I think, I think it's always important um, because it is just one of many ways to get in front of people. I think that search engine optimization um, has become a little more commoditized than it used to be which also I think makes it a little bit more equitable of an opportunity. I can remember where you doing well in search engines had a lot to do with you being in a certain loop of people who had you know, figured out some things and they were way ahead of everyone else. Um, now, a lot of the information on what it takes to be successful is much less of black box. It's available for everyone, and that has made it more democratized, but it also makes it a lot more competitive as well um, because it is... Uh, the, the tools for success are more common knowledge than they used to be. But, like I said, it is always a, a worthy investment. I do think that one will want to take their time to to research just how crowded the space is that they're able to compete in. And I think that you should look at um, a marketing and customer acquisition strategy very holistically as opposed to hanging your hat on any one thing like search and optimization or social media, or 
abstain to look at it in its totality and to figure out more important than anything else um, where your perfect customer lives and what are the best platforms and methods to reach out to them. There's a lot of emphasis on CRO, conversion rate optimization, and and critically around time. It seems like there's so much coming at people. They're looking for information. They're making quick decisions, and they're also making quick decisions as to where do they spend that little piece of time that they have to try to figure out the challenge that you're trying to solve. Maybe you could talk a little bit about the the urgency of trying to make get that person's attention that's doing a search and converting that in, attention into an actual interaction opportunity. Sure. So I think one of the distinctions about um, customer acquisition as things have changed over the years is that focusing on urgency is not necessarily the way you want to go. Hmm. For one, we, it is very difficult to influence consumers to do anything they don't want to do in this economy. There are so many choices. There are so much more well educated. There's so much better educated on what the choices are. And their habits have changed. They spend a lot more time researching because they can't on their phone at their fingertips. Typically, when someone's seriously considering what you have to offer, they, they probably already determined that they want what you have, um, they're trying to decide who to get it from. Mm. And so in terms of optimizing for conversions, my advice is to focus on being as frictionless as possible, making it as simple and as easy and seamless as possible, um, reducing the number of steps that it takes to be able to actually um, get to whatever it is you have to offer. I can't tell you how many times that I, as a consumer, um, have been on the way to buying something from a company and they ended up losing my money because it just took me too many steps or I had to wait too long or something would not load. And so I just went elsewhere and bought the exact same thing from someone else. So I think making your process as friction-free as possible, looking at things like the speed of your site, the number of steps that it takes to get to the shopping cart, the number of different payment um, types of payment that you take. Do you even take PayPal? Um, and not looking just on um, on your regular desktop site speed, but thinking about mobile, because more and more people um, are going to are beginning to go from not just researching on mobile, but being being very comfortable at purchasing on mobile as well, especially for things that are not huge major purposes. So I think that all of those things should be considerations, but the, but the bottom line focus really should be on how friction, how frictionless as possible can you make your customer acquisition process. The other thing I've been thinking about, and, and particularly, I know it's been months, but I just remember in your presentation, uh, you talked about how I think Google has about seven properties that have over a billion uh, active users or something, an incredible amount of interactions that Google has an opportunity to, to, to look at. How, does, how could a small business, how could any kind of business who's looking to build relationships look at any of the ways that Google and the data that Google has to help them leverage that into being more strategic with the way that they interact or, or try to get the uh, attention of somebody they're trying to do business with. 
Well, I know one of the perennial challenges with small businesses, right, is a lack of access to leverage. Not having the financial resources, not having the headcount resources to compete with larger concerns in the same space. One of the things that is going to and has already begun to democratize that is machine learning. Mm. And how Google in particular is using and leveraging machine learning in our products to look at a innumerable uh, number of signals across those several, several properties to be able to collect really smart data um, that can help small businesses to optimize the return that they're getting from what they're investing. Um, when I began managing paid advertising, everything was manual, and your results had a lot to do with the skill of the person who was managing your account. What machine learning is doing is it's taking um, it's taking the the focus um, of optimization away from human knowledge. And it's shifting it over to machine knowledge hmm. and machine learning so that even a small business can compete very well if they can be smart about how they're leveraging automation and things like remarketing and some of the audience-based targeting options, um, customer matching, um, matching for similar audiences that Google has available to everyone on its platform. Wow, that's, that's really interesting stuff. Um Let's talk a little bit about video. Everybody is, I mean, it, it's, it, it captures people's attention in a way that text just doesn't. When you look at the opportunities that video presents for engagement from a customer vendor perspective, what do you think small businesses need to know and maybe they just don't seem to be embracing well enough? Well, I believe that one of the, the misnomers is that a, a small business can't compete in video because they don't have access to large-scale production equipment or talent to write, etc. Um, and the reality is there, there are many ways to skin that cat. So, for instance, you know, I think that the most important thing is to understand how ubiquitous video is becoming, I think, and there's a statistic that I may have even shared during that talk, right, that by 2020, something like 90% of the time people sitting online will be even watching video. Yeah. So a lot of it is really just understanding um, what the, the folks that you are looking to target see as important. What are they actually watching? You can actually leverage that without a video. You can place an ad next to a video or on a video and be able to leverage that without any production at all. Um, or you can produce things very cheaply or pay to get them produced very cheaply. Um, and let's say you don't have a big budget to spend on marketing that video. Producing something as simple as a how-to can be very powerful because people forget that YouTube, which is a part of the Google family, but YouTube is the number two search engine in the world next to Google search. And so I tell people that people go to Google search to look up what they go to go to YouTube to look up how. Mm. <laughs> so if I had a title of both in two years and could relearn how to do it, I go to YouTube to do that. Um, if I get how to type, I forget how to do a full winter YouTube tell how to do that. 
Um, you know, swimming had to protect my swimming stroke. A stroke I didn't go to YouTube. So you have this type of product or service um, that lends to needing to um, tell a story about it, or show someone how to do it, how to use it. Um, you can actually do very well for free um, by just simply putting a YouTube video up that helps to drive traffic to your uh, your site or your app based on the quality of the, your content and also how good of a job you do with simply targeting. So those are two options. One is, is cost, but it doesn't require video. And the other one requires video, but it has little to no cost. Mm -hmm. um, that will allow small businesses to be able to enter into that space with the goal, of course, of scaling. Because I, I believe that no small business has a goal to be a small business forever. The goal is to do it extremely well so that you can play at a, at a larger scale and, and be able to enact a, a more full funnel strategy approach to your marketing. One last question. Uh, and voice search. What do small businesses need to know about voice search and how quickly do they need to really start thinking about moving to a need to be prepared versus nice to be prepared for it? Well, one of the things about a small business is that it's so much more nimble than larger competitors. Um, in the mid market, a lot of the companies that I work with who become large, who have become um, companies that you know drive hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars in revenue. Um, it's because they entered a market as a small competitor and they got ahead of the curve on the trend. Mm. Um, so in terms of any trend that, that, is, that we know um, is going to become fairly ubiquitous, whether it's mobile, video, voice, those are all things that a small business person should be looking at um, and relentlessly thinking about ways that they can cut some of their larger competitors off at the pass by being a fast mover on, on, on in new trends and being able to use that to siphon some of the, the market share um, that they aren't going to be able to get if they try to compete in, in an apples-to-apples way. The thing about larger companies is that they typically take a longer time and um, to, to be able to catch on the trend, they have a lot more to lose, and they will often wait and, and look at the market and see how things shift first before they invest. Um, so smaller companies can um, absolutely need to be uh, at the forefront of any trend that comes out. At the very least, being educated on it and maybe doing some light and extensive testing to see if it works for you. Lawrence, this has been great. I really appreciate the time. Where can people learn a little bit more about some of the things that we just talked about? Uh, well, one of the places that uh, I would send people to is actually a, a Google AdWords Academy. Hmm. Um, that's free. You can go to it online. It's a wealth of information. Um, it's kind of a gateway to a lot of the tools and resources that we have to offer uh, to begin to develop a general acumen around some of the best practices. Again, you know, when I started doing digital marketing, all of this stuff was a black box. You know, you had to find someone or pay someone to be to, to, uh, willing to, to kind of give you um, the secret sauce, if you will, of how to be successful online. And now it's all free information that's just out there for everyone. And so I would definitely start there because I will say that any of your competitors that are doing this as well um, also have what are probably acting on information. So I have a baseline 
you want to be well versed or your staff should be well versed, if that's what you use, um, on what the best practices are for approaching a digital, digital marketing strategy.